Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Boom, Raul, we're live. Listen, dude, I'm so happy to talk to you, man. It's 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 almost like you don't age, bro. I, I noticed some pictures that you had the beard and now you've got a little bit of scruff going on. <laughs> What's going on with that? Just, uh, you know, I, I'm losing my hair, uh, as you can imagine. And everybody that sees you says, man, you're losing more and more hair. So I let the beard grow out a couple of months, more than that. About a year ago, I let it grow out. And then I noticed nobody brings it to my attention that I'm losing my hair because they're focused on the beard. So they're like, hey, I like the way that looks or I don't like it or whatever. But at least nobody's paying attention to my hair. <laughs> Raul, how, dude, I lost my hair. I was dealing with hair issues my whole life, man. How was that for you, the hair loss thing? Was this something that it took some time getting used to, or you're like, oh, it is what it is? For me, it was very gradual. For you, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Me, gradual. So I don't think, I mean, I think you just, it's kind of part of aging. So, dude, it hasn't been. No, it's, it, it's, but listen, I'm happy. Now it's like I, I never had it. You know, my wife likes me more bald, believe it or not. And I went through so many things, dude, that you have, you have no idea. You have no idea. Uh, we all do. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. <laughs> Raul, man, what you've been able to accomplish is, is so awesome, man. And as I look at a lot of the stores that I have no idea that existed, the architect, uh, just the way it looks, man, it looks so modern, so clean, so, so amazing. Dude, did you ever think that portals will become what it's become? No. Never. Yeah. You know, we, we were just, you know, we were immigrants and um, all we could think about, you know, I remember um, when we got here from Cuba, my dad got a job and he was making back then like $10 an hour or whatever. It was at a factory. And I remember, you know, when we graduated from high school, all of us, me and all my friends, all we could think about is if we can get make, you know, $15 an hour or $18 an hour, we've made it. And then you, when you open the business, you know, it's just now you're like, oh, my gosh, now you're on, you know, you're kicking ass. You, you've got, right, right. So, you know, we never had that mentality where, you know, if you're born, like, let's say my sons, if they open it, they know what the, what the possibilities are, you know, and I think actually, to be honest with you, people always, I always think that one of the biggest issues that under, you know, that less, um, what's the word, um, that neighborhood, you know, people like us, when we came from Cuba, one of the things that held us back is that we didn't know the possibilities. You know, now with the internet and stuff is different, shows like yours or whatever. But for us, it was really, you know, all, we, all our friends, all they wanted to do is get a job. So that's all we knew. We didn't know that, you know, that people could make, you know, you could be successful doing business or doing other things because we were just part of this small little community that, all we saw was just, you know, the block around us, basically. That's it. Dude, and you've adapted because I was looking at your social media. You're doing really good at that, man. Who 
who came up with the idea of okay let's we need social media was that one of the boys was that you who, who brought that to your attention yeah i mean it it um we did maybe three years ago or four years ago we started with it and we had a young girl that was working with us and um she actually was getting her bachelor's and in uh, marketing, social media marketing and stuff. And uh, so as she was going to school, she was working with us. And then when she graduated, she came on board full time. And now we have two people um, that are just, actually we have like three people on top of that. Plus we also have a photographer, somebody that makes videos. I don't know if you've seen some of the videos we do, but Some of them are fairly good, really good. Beautiful. No, they're, and I usually don't like that style because it's too, like, almost like cinematic, like too done up. But for some reason, man, everything Portals does, it's like a home run. One of my questions for you, dude, is have you failed at anything in life? <laughs> Plenty. It's just that we've been successful enough to make up for it. <laughs> What failures, if you can remember, bro, does, that you've done that you're like, Like we say, oh, I met la pata, bro. I shouldn't have done that, man. Anything that you can remember? You know, I mean, there's been a lot of them. I remember one, probably the first one that really, um, and I was maybe 26, 27, and we were building, we were, we put all our money into this new bakery we were building. It was the first one that was going to be our bakery. So we went out and bought the building, and, you know, we put everything we had into it. My dad, at that time I had already paid his house off because he wanted to have his little house paid off, but we went out and refinanced it. So we refinanced his house. I mean, we put everything we had into it. And then I started the remodeling of it and we gave, I think it was $60,000, which back then was a lot of money to somebody who was going to buy, who was, uh, he sold uh, restaurant equipment. And this person basically went out of business and wow thousand dollars so that was really bad and i'm the one that picked them i mean i felt like hell for like three or four days i don't really? think I, yeah that was a bad one but like i said we made a lot of mistakes but everybody does you know you can't get into business and not make mistakes as long as the mistakes you can overcome them and you're okay you know just move on raul i also wanted to give you my condolences brother because i know your mom passed away is it last year ah uh, yes december yes Were you more like her or are you more like your dad? Because you look exactly like your dad, but um, personality-wise. I'm more like my mom, but not, I mean, but I'm more like her. Yeah. She, I think she was more of the business person. Um, and, I mean, they were both, you know, they, they, my dad had no education, but he had, he had a lot of common sense. He was smart. And they both had a tremendous work ethic that's really needed you know like you know in sports and when you start a small business if you don't have a work ethic you're you know you're not going to be able to be successful you've always had the work ethic Raul yeah I was born with that you're born with that huh you even if let's say you went to them portals you would have gone to work for Nike you you would have had that work ethic because you were just that kind of dude I think you're built like that but I mean I I don't know But I, in my opinion, I think you, you, I can tell you early on, um, you're, you can tell who the ones have a tremendous work ethic and who don't. And I don't think it changes. I don't think, you know, I, you know, sometimes they say, oh, you find something you love and you devote more time to it. 
And I'm sure there's some truth to that, but I think you're born with a certain work ethic, whether you like what you're doing, that I can tell you. Right. I think the same work ethic, whether I love what I'm doing or I just liked it. Oh, no, I, I think I was going to be a baker. I learned you what? I never thought I was going to be a baker. <laughs> In my wildest dreams, I ever thought that. Man. You know, I learned to love it. When did that sink in? When did you go to and say, okay, I'm going to be a baker? When, when did that kick in? You know, my dad, at the beginning, so when we started the bakery, my dad and mom, it was hard work and we weren't making any money. You're just paying the bills and just getting by, which most businesses, small businesses are like that, especially at the beginning. And all they kept telling me is, you got to go to school, you got to go to school. So my sisters and I, both, all three of us went to college. And when I graduated from college, it was probably the first time I graduated from college. And when I graduated, the offers I was getting, um, you know, my dad probably could beat. So I, <laughs> why am I going to do that? I'll just go back in the bakery. And then from that moment on, you know, I realized, okay, this is probably going to be my career and my life and, you know, the family business. So I think early on, maybe 24. Wow, dude. Raul, since I was 15. I know you, you used to come home from school. You told me and go to the basement yeah. and work the cakes. No, every day. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. Dude. One of, I think your best qualities, Raul is you've known yourself like at a real young age, like you've never really tried to impress anybody. You don't try to act like anybody else. And it's very hard. Like you have a lot of humility, And you have like a lot of, it's almost like old school Cuban values that you didn't get hit with that extra machismo or extra testosterone that majority of us have, man. You're in the middle of Hollywood, which is crazy world for people that don't know what's going on out there. How have you been able to sustain that dude and just be you this whole way through, man, and not get like a big head or anything like that? Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I think it's just that. That's who I am. And I think a lot of people maybe have that big head and and once they get the opportunity it grows even bigger for me right, right 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 yeah i'm not you know i mean you know that i i uh we've known each other for many years and to me you know i like the person no matter who it is and and or i don't and uh yeah i i don't i mean i try to be who i am and i try not to or i i i definitely don't uh try to be something that i'm not or try to pretend what i'm not Raul, I noticed, man, when we would hang out that so many people try to impress you or they want something from you because you just have the, you got the secret formula, man. How do you deal with that? How have you learned to navigate, like not to fall into traps or like anything like that? You know, because I remember we talked one time, me and Barry Bonds wanted to, remember you told me a story about the oven that he wanted to yeah, <laughs> do yeah. the oven. How have you been able to just stay slow and steady, man? Slow and steady. I mean, I don't know that I, you know, I, I think it's just my personality. I don't think that I, I can't tell you I read a book or I, it's been a strategy. Right. I just think I do what's best you know, for, for me, for my family and for the business. And I'm not easily, um, you know, like I don't, I, like a movie star walks in I don't faint or get, you know, crazy about it. I mean, I mean, I, I, uh, I admire their talent and right. what they do and what they've accomplished, but 
Yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work for me, it doesn't work for me. Yagi, you brought that up. Most famous person that you've ever seen out of portals. Your opinion. Wow, that's... Uh, I mean, sports would be Barry Bonds. Okay. Uh, um, Tommy Lasorda, we see a lot. Um, I mean, all the... All, a lot of the... I guess a lot of baseball players. Movie stars would be... Uh, uh andy garcia right but uh, george lopez which i know you know so we get because of hollywood we get a lot of movie stars we've done um tom hanks um a lot of them you know i mean we're in burbank yeah. so imagine we get a lot of movie stars in and out so the expansion of portals you've been around i don't know what is it like 50 years or something You only have, what is it, five stores? Yes. That's crazy for the gold mine that you guys are. How hard has it been, Raul? Okay, we're going to do another store. We're going to do it this way. And how smart were you to do it contemporary, modern style versus replicate Burbank, which is more, I guess, Spanish style, Mediterranean, right? right? Yes. Who so, came up with all that? So... You know, we thought a lot about that, and I wanted, as we grew more stores, I was really concerned that people would see us as a chain. And we tried everything we could do to not look like a chain and, you know, to still be family-owned and to, to um, you know, to keep it a family business and a local business. So one of the things we, we did from, from the moment we opened the second store, which would have been Burbank, is to make them all different. So we have, we don't really cookie cutter it. We, each store, it's kind of like a creation and we try to do it, you know, we work on it. We try to match the neighborhood, the area, and just trying them different, different designs, different colors. Uh, and it makes it a lot more, like makes it a lot more difficult because think about it, you're reinventing each one of them where, you know, the chains will basically do one concept And then they just continue to, to do the same thing, just size it for the location they're in. Raul, how many people are in that process? Oh, only about four of us. Four of you guys, huh? Yeah, yeah. We're still a small team. Oh, yeah, none of the boys step in? They don't have a say in yet? No. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. Not yet, We huh? have them working. We put them to work first. Dude, I remember... <laughs> Was it Adrian? Who's the one that worked at uh Adrian, uh, Adrian? He's the one that worked at what's this place called, man? At uh Cheesecake Factory? No, he worked at In and Out when he was little. Okay. Um and then he worked at Houston's. Houston, it was Houston's. And then he worked at another restaurant in downtown LA. So Raul, did you purposely set him up that way? Like, hey, listen, you're gonna take your time here, you're gonna do this. Or he just had that instinct in him? I think we talked about it, but he had it in him. I, I remember the last place he worked at was downtown L.A. And it's a really good restaurant. I mean, the chef is amazing. And he had come back from Houston's. And we were opening uh, Buena Park at that time, our store at Buena Park. And we're talking. He tells me, yeah, Dad, I want to start working with you. And it'll be good. So then I said, okay, let's, let's get through this opening 
and and then we can talk about it. And then once we get through the opening, he calls me and he tells me, hey, I got a job. I'm like, wait a minute. I thought you were going to come work with us. So he went out and he worked. And I said, look, do whatever you want. So he worked another nine months or a year somewhere else and then finally came back. And he's been with us for about a year and a half now. Where, where, where did he work in downtown? He worked for a place called Otium. What, what is that, like a sushi style or something? No, no, no. It's kind of like a contemporary Californian the chef is like one of the best chefs in in California and for sure. And really? Did you call him before or anything? Did you talk to that guy or no? Or no, I didn't know him. No. Oh, him. Interviewed and got it. That is awesome. Man. All I knew he was going to come work with us. And then he told me I got this job and I said, okay, do it. I think it's a good experience for you. So I always wanted him to work outside the bakery, all of the kids. Um, just because I think it's important for them to, you know, before you can be a boss, it helps for you to be an employee. That way, you know, you know what it's like, what it feels like, what, what, how you want people to treat you. I always tell them, you know, whatever experiences you feel, make sure you never forget them so that when you're the boss, you don't make the same mistakes that you thought your bosses are making. Raul, how has it been, man? Because I think you're one of the guys that's been real successful as a parent, man. How did you change from as you got more successful and you kept them coming along, how, what keys do you have of staying that grounded with them, man? You know, I think it's just spending time with them. I think a lot of parents, um, especially if they're busy, you know, they have a business life or a career that takes up a lot, a, a, a huge part of their lives. And my wife and I, we both had careers, but we also devoted every moment outside of our careers to the children and to raising them and being good with them, being honest with them, taking them everywhere. You know, my wife and I would take them everywhere. We didn't, you know, we didn't take off to Cancun and leave them behind or whatever. We took them with us and we worked with them and we played with them. And, and I think that helps a lot, you know, and, and, and guiding them, being good to them, but also making sure that, you know, that they're on the right track that they do good in school, that they focus on their career and things like that. And it helped out. I mean, they're both great kids and great careers and they're doing really well. Raul, what's the one doing in San Francisco? What's he doing out there? He's in private equity. So he's, he's basically working for a company that they invest in companies and, and he likes that. And he's been doing it for about four years now, three or four years. Do you miss him? Yeah. But now because of that, one of the positive things of this pandemic is that he's working from home. So he comes over to our house and he'll spend two weeks with us. And then he'll go back to San Francisco, spend two weeks there and then come back and spend two weeks with us. Do you like San Francisco? I don't know that he likes it, but he likes his job. What about you? Do you like San Francisco? No. I mean, not really. Too cold or just what? Yes. Too, um, too city? Cool, too much like a city, yeah. Burbank, man. How special is it living in Burbank? You still live in Burbank, no? No, I don't live in Burbank. Where do you I live now? I live in Burbank. I no, live in Burbank, in Glendale. Glendale. So you've always lived in Glendale? I I lived in Glendale for the last 20 years or so. Oh, yeah, since I've known you. But recently I moved, maybe seven years ago, I moved to La Cañada, which is like in the hillside above Glendale. How's that? Like, I like it a lot. You like it a lot? Yes. 
Dude, the pandemic, man. How has I just hear a lot of people, a lot of actors, a lot of comedians, a lot of famous people getting out of L.A. because uh, they're worried about what's going on and stuff like that, man. You guys, what rules do you have? Can people come in the bakery? Does everything have to be outside? How have you have to adjust to that? So basically, you know, for, for I mean, this is something that I don't think anybody, um, you know, we're all learning on the fly and getting better at it. We, we basically switch from, you know, at, at first, basically you're running the business normal. And then when this pandemic hit, we basically, you know, they would tell us that you could only have half the people. So the first thing we did was close off dining inside the stores. So we had no more dining inside the stores, but we were still serving customers inside. But it was very difficult to, to we're so busy, as you know, that we would have 30, 40 people inside the store. It was just tough. So what we did was we closed the store to customers and we did everything curbside, meaning you drive, you order online, you drive up, you pick it up. And then if you didn't order online and you just showed up, which happens a lot too, we just park those cars and take care of them too. Uh, but they basically uh, call a number. So inside the store, we have the girls the, or the, the people that used to be, the employees that used to be the cashiers. Now they're cashiers, but instead of you standing in front of them, you're calling from your car on your cell phone into a cell phone, into a phone inside the bakery. And they basically on the phone, they just take your order. Like they know when. And then you pay and then we take it to your car. Wow, Raul, have you seen, how are you doing in sales, man? Way low, we're, the same, more? No, no, we're very low. I mean, not very low compared to other people, but we're down around 40%, 40, 35 to 40%. We're down quite a bit. Because you're big in dining, man. You're in dining is so special, man. Yeah. And it's so nice that that's the, that's the, the newer, thing. And the newer stores actually have more dining. Like yeah, the, I could imagine. Yeah, that looked beautiful. You know, the last two stores were much bigger. The outdoor dining was much bigger. So we kind of miss it, and we miss seeing the customers and the interactions and stuff like that. So that's kind of, you know, we miss it. But, you know, for the time being, it's the safest thing we could do. We probably will open outdoor dining sometime when things, you know, right now, just like you guys in Florida, we have a lot of cases going right now. And, you know, the the percentage of, of people testing positives have gone up dramatically. So we're hoping that, you know, for everybody's sake in the near future that, you know, we'll go, those numbers will go down substantially and that we'll be able to open, um, you know, maybe a different way of doing the outdoor dining, but we would love to do the outdoor dining. I just think that the customers really miss it. I miss going to restaurants. Uh, I mean, it, it's... Uh, I'm getting into cooking at home more and more. <laughs> Dude, I was gonna, it's so funny. I was going to ask you this question now that you brought that up. How have you been able to not really blow up working at a, owning a delicious Cuban bakery for your whole life, man? Like, how, <laughs> how do you, what do you do? Like, what's your food? Let's do this. What's your food routine, bro? Like, what do you eat in the morning? <laughs> lunch? I and try. Dinner. Talk to so me. So I'm at a, I'm at home in the morning for breakfast. So that's my control point. Right. So I eat 
just like a parfait or something very light because I know the rest of the day it's up. Yeah. I, I, who knows what I'm going to eat. So basically I, I control that. And then I do exercise in the morning. So I work out in the mornings every day or not every day, about four days a week. And I try to either hike or jog or walk, not jog, walk. I'm too old to be jogging. So I walk and uh, hike and do just small weights and stuff like that every morning, or at least, at least four times. I try to do as much as possible, but at least three or four times a week. Do you ever get tired of Cuban food or never? Yeah, I, I don't get tired of food, but I do get tired of Cuban food. So I like to change it up a lot. Where yeah. do you, favorite restaurant, favorite restaurant that you like for dinner? In California? Yeah, in LA, your area. You know, there's a place called Bestia. And that's really good. I like that one a lot. And then, you know, different, it depends on the mood I'm in and what I'm in the mood to eat, but they do a really good job. And there's, you know, I go to a lot of really nice restaurants too, and, and they do a really good job. Raul, when you're at nice restaurants, you being an owner of restaurants, are you judging people like, hey, good service, not service, good cleanliness, not cleanliness, or are you just like relaxing and enjoying yourself? I think both. Both. Yeah, I, I have the ability to reach, you know, once I'm outside of work, I kind of grew up, if you realize this, I got married at 30 and, and you know, and, and so for the first 15 years of, years of my life, I was working during the day and then I had to walk out of the bakery, take off my apron, my fingers hat, whatever, and, you know, and have fun like a kid would. So I learned really well how to separate them both. So like nice. people tell me, when you go on vacation, I have no issues. I, the minute, you know, I mean, I know I'm going, the day I'm going on vacation and, you know, I've set up the emails to auto respond and all of that. I'm like, you know, I mean, I don't, I, I don't worry much about it. I mean, I'm, I'm on the phone. Right. And I see emails and stuff, but it's not like I'm stressing, like, oh my gosh, and whatever. And I have a good team too, but I think my personality helps too that I've been able to, once I go out, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm not worried about you know, like Raul with the stores, man, especially at the beginning, how much, because I had somebody that wanted me to ask you this question, how much reinvesting in the company did you guys do? Like if you say you made an X amount of money, how much percentage would go back into the reinventing of either better this or more better help or whatever? How much? So I would say at the beginning of any small business, um, you really can't put in, you know, I mean, you put in as all you can, but because basically you're, you know, whatever small amount of money you're making at the beginning, it's really to feed your family and, and to, you know, to just live off of it. So most small businesses, you'll notice, you know, if you go to a restaurant, that's a small restaurant, you notice they have the same chairs for 20 years, the same light fixtures, uh, the same menus and, and especially a lot. I've been to places in Miami that are like that. Yeah. I, a year later or 10 years later and it's the same place. And I think all of the small restaurants are like that. And we were like that. I think once you start making money, then you say, oh, wait a minute. Um, let's start investing. We've always been the type to invest, you know, if, if to probably be on the side where we tend to invest more than anybody else, than other people, than other entre you know, restaurant people. But at, but at the beginning, I don't think anybody can invest very much. But once we started making a little bit of profit, 
then we definitely started investing. As you know, our bakeries look really nice and we spent a lot of money in architecture in making them look beautiful. I mean, the last two stores we built are probably some of the nicest buildings you've ever seen. Actually, one of the stores, uh, the one in Buena Park, we got an award or we were voted the number one photograph location on Yelp. Look at that, man. Yeah. I mean, and number two was Bellagio in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, look at you. <laughs> oh, so I boy. thought that was a really cool thing. So that's, we that's a cool thing, dude. How did it feel when Forbes wrote an article about you, man? That was cool. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. At the beginning, nobody notices you. I mean, same whether you're in sports or, you know, anything. You know, you're just, you're working your tail off, just trying to do a great job and to move up and to, you know, create something. And, and then at a certain point, everybody starts noticing you. And, and it's, you know, it's, it's great. It's a great feeling. All of us. I mean, it's a great feeling to be recognized for doing something good. So, How many hours were you putting in before? Because... Was the big break for you guys, was it Burbank? Is that the one that changed yes. everything? Yes, yes. How many hours a day, how many days a week when that thing was starting up, Raul, were you guys putting into it? You know what? I don't want to admit this, but since I was 15 till maybe even now, I would say I probably worked 50 to 60 hours a week my whole life. Your whole life. And even now... If uh, I still work on Sundays, if I have Saturdays off and Fridays, if if I don't have anything going on and we're in town and which is the majority of the time right now, I'll come into work just into the office or do something for maybe four or five hours. So I'm working still 55, something like that. Have you always had Saturdays off or is that a new thing? I've had Saturdays off for maybe the last 10 years. Before that, it was Monday or Sunday. But about 10 years ago, I switched to Saturdays. So you could be with the boys and the family? Uh, you know, I needed a day off. And because I'm more involved in, um, I'm involved in operations, but I'm actually more involved in running the bakery. It's better for me to take a weekend off than to take a, but I mean, yeah, that too. And also, you know, it, it's good. I would, I would have taken Saturday or Sunday off. And it was better for me to take Saturday than to take Sundays. So it's just worked out that way. It works out that way, huh? How has it been working with your son? Do you see now a lot of him in you? Do you guys clash a little bit? Because he's like, oh, yeah, this menu here, let's change the music. Let's put this, let's put that. How is it working with him? You know, I have my son and uh, two nephews and a niece working with us. And... You know, it's been good. It's a learning experience, um, but it's been good. You know, it's a lot of fun to, to, you know, we were, my mother's ultimate goal was for us to take the bakery over. And I would say probably my ultimate goal would be to do that. But I also don't want to give it to them if, you know, I don't want them to take over the bakery if they don't have the passion or the capacity or the desire to do it. So to me, It gets very challenging if I don't see them giving 150% or so. But, you know, for the most part, they do. And it's been good. And hopefully it'll work out. Do, do they ask you a lot of questions, bro? I don't know. They ask. And I don't know that they ask a lot of questions. 
But I can tell you, I tell them a lot. You tell them a lot, huh? I'm not sure they're asking, but I'm telling them. <laughs> because just because you know, right? Because you you see it. Yeah. And you know, to me, I, I tell them, look, it took me 20 years to learn this. I don't want you to spend 20 years to learn it. So I'm going to tell you right now, this isn't going to work. You got to do it this way. Let's talk about your wife for a second, man. How, how awesome it is that you guys have lasted for, what is it, like 50 years or so? How long? 30. 30. 30 years. Working with your wife, dude, how has that been? What have you learned? What advice do you have for people that want to work with their, <laughs> with their significant other for 30 years, bro? What advice do you have for these people? You know what? I think we, 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 we had a good run. We did really well. Uh, we got along. I don't think, you know, there wasn't, I mean, you know, there's, there's challenges, whether it's your wife or, or an employee or a partner or anybody you work with. There's always going to be challenges. But I think, as you mentioned, we, we're still married. So I think that pretty much says it all. And, uh, and, and basically, I just think the most important thing is if, if you both have different roles within the organization. Because if you're both working on the same thing, I, don't, I think it's very difficult. But we both have completely different roles. And we didn't really, you know, get into each other's roles a lot. What's her role? Excuse me? What, what's her role? She was more in the administration. And I was more into the bakery. You know, more uh, operating the bakeries. Um, um, more on the food side. You know, uh, picking locations, the employees. And she was more on the administration. Uh, she was great. I mean, she helped us to grow a lot. Um, you know, she, she's a good balance for me where um, I'm more of a baker and more, a little more hyper and less administrative, more like an entrepreneur. She was more like an office person and she did a really good job with setting us up, you know, with, with the way to manage the employees more professionally, the accounting processes. So all the processes and administration She did a fabulous job and, you know, she helped us, you know, you can't grow without that. I can open all the bakeries, but then if the employees aren't getting paid or, or you're running, you know, out of cash in one of the entities or whatever, or the bills aren't getting paid, you know, and that happens a lot in, uh, in small businesses where you have a, a chef or a baker who's very talented and he does a great job, but then he opens two stores and things start going south because he didn't really have somebody, either he doesn't have the quality, the, the ability to do that or never had anybody with, within his organization that could guide him and help him with that. So it helped a lot. That makes sense, man. Yeah. Raul, it became sexy to be an entrepreneur, bro. It wasn't yes. like that when you started. No. What advice do you have for now? Everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. What advice do you have for these kids, people that are like, listen, Corona hit. I'm now going to be an entrepreneur. What advice do you have? You know, I would say being an entrepreneur, especially in the restaurant business, I can't tell you about technology different because it's completely different. But in the restaurant business, you better have a tremendous work ethic, number one, and be willing to commit 
your life to your career. And, you know, it's not going to be a nine to five. I mean, it might be if you're smart and you get lucky, but in the restaurant business, you really, I mean, you know, we're measured by every bite basically. And um, so you got to be involved a lot. You got to be engaged. You got to love it. So I would say, number one, you got to have a tremendous work ethic. Number two, I would say you, it's a long road. You know, as you mentioned, we've been doing this for 40, 50 years. So it's not, you know, I always listen to people who open a restaurant and they say, oh yeah, I'm going to do this for five years and retire. And in five years, you know, I mean, unless you, you know, you get really lucky or, or somehow, you know, you, you just, you're, you know, you're just incredibly successful on day one. It doesn't happen that when it's a long process. So I would say you're going to have to have that patience to see that business, you know, through and, and, um, you know, and, and be not just a good, you have to be a good business person. If you're not, you better partner up with somebody or you better learn how to do that too. Because at the end of the day, no matter what you do, you're still running a business. Yeah. And you got to see it from that perspective. You know, many things that you mentioned, whether it was deciding to be a designer or to stay true to yourself, how much to grow, how to grow, all of those were all business decisions. Um, you know, on, on, aside from how well we do the pastries and, and um, you know, we innovate and what we do, all of those have been business decisions. What's your favorite thing to eat at Portos? Oh, boy. You know, it changes. So I would say meat pies is one of my favorite ones. Bread by far. And sometimes I'll eat a sweet here and there, but I would say the savory items, uh, chicken empanadas, meat pies, and bread. And bread, huh? Yeah. Dude, every if time like I went there, I ate the same thing every time I went there. Panko pite, oh. that's all I had. Plain. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's all I would it's have. Funny you know, it's funny because we want to, you know, as, as chefs, we want to make new things and try things that we've seen. And, and we do some of that, but it's a very slow process. But we find that the majority of the people want to come back for what they really, you know, for. It's almost like you associate a dish with a restaurant or a place and that and you always want to go back to that dude i would always have i would always have the i would do the patelitos before like patel you you would bring me or either guayaba y queso or you bring me patelito with the croquetas then i'd have the fountain drink bro and just go to that fountain thing and get a coke there no ice and go crazy and then the guy would come out with the with the pan con with the with the mariquitas on the side you know, now that you say that, I, I just thought of something. When we get off the air, send me your address, and I'm going to send you a box. And basically, but you got to promise me you're going to bake it. So you're going to have to go in the kitchen. We started about a year ago, and since COVID started, it's gone crazy. I mean, like up a thousand percent. And what it is is we're selling the meat pies, pastel de guayaba, and cheese. Uh, the guayaba, the chicken empanadas, the little kisses, we send them to anywhere. Actually, we send to Miami a lot. We basically send them frozen. And then all you do is keep them in your freezer and whenever you want to eat them, you just throw them in the oven and you bake them. Wow. Be well for us. You know, so you know what I'm going to do is we'll, uh, I'll document it. I'll record the whole okay. thing. I'll all send right, it to cool. you guys. Okay. So you guys, so you can see the before after and we'll talk about it. 
You're willing hey, to go in the kitchen and get a little dirty? Dude, I don't know anything about the kitchen, but I'll find somebody that does. We'll get my wife in there. We'll do. <laughs> La Boda, she's a... Uh, dude, she's due now in sep the first two weeks of September. Oh. So she's pregnant with it. a boy. Yeah, she's pregnant with oh. a boy. Oh, cool. So this is going to... Thank you, dude. Thank you. Thank you. So this is going to... This Corona thing has been very interesting for her. I was just talking to her right now because, as you could imagine... Just like down there, bro, Miami's crazy. If one day they open stuff, then they close it, then they bring us back, and they do stuff. It's yeah. just, it's, it's just like really that cool. every day. Yeah. yeah, man. It's 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 an adjustment. It's it's a mindset yeah. to deal with this. Yeah. Raul, what's your favorite type of music, man? Oh my gosh. Probably Latin music. Who do you like the most in Latin? Who do you like? Um, you know, I like songs more than people. So I like certain songs like Despacito, I love. That's a good one, huh? Yeah, I like it. And I like, uh, I can't remember um, the two Cuban guys that came from Cuba not too long ago. Is that Gente Sona? Yeah, I like them. They're good. They Very have good stuff. I like it, yeah. Yeah, they have good stuff. Dude, I just, one of the things before I let you go that I want to tell you, man, is that I can't thank you enough for the, for the friendship you've given me. I can't thank you enough just for the kindness, man. As you know, when I moved to Los Angeles... I lived in a car for six months. When somebody, I never forget, it was a girl in my acting class that took me to portals the first time. And I always have instinctual stuff. And I go, I want to meet the owner. And then I met you, dude. And then I've always had the little baseball angle. So I said, hey, I'll work with your son. And I remember yeah. a, a Sunday, I, we went Sunday morning, we went to some field in, I don't know if it was Burbank or where we went. It was Burbank. It was Burbank. And we worked with your son. But man, the amount of good times the amount of friendship that I've had next Thank to you. your side and talking to you and just learning about life, even though I was at the time for real, a kid myself, because I was 26, 27 back then. It's just, it's just crazy, man. So number one, I really wanted to thank you for that. Well, thank you too. You're a wonderful person. And, and I think we hit it off right away and, and it was great. I mean, you spent what, two, three years in LA. Six, six, six. Wow. Anti Raul, six years, I had identity issues all the time, man. I wanted to be somebody else, even though I was acting. I was acting off the set. I should, yeah. <laughs> and it was, it was so you were hard. Practicing for, you were practicing. <laughs> I was practicing for a role that didn't even exist. That's the problem. And the hardest thing for me was, if I could be honest with you, was If I was, because the problem that I made is, and, and I talk to this a lot about people now as I've transitioned to becoming a speaker and having an audience now and almost a million followers on platforms and stuff like wow. that. It's, thank you, thank you. It's when I was around really successful people for whatever it was at the time, this actor, this sports person, this producer, Raul from Portals, Everybody had this thing and we're sitting there at a place to eat. And when it got to me, if I just would have said, yeah, man, I'm a blue collar guy. My dad worked for Pepsi his whole life. Didn't leave me a dollar. And I'm just out here trying to make it, man. I slept in my car about two years ago. And if I would have done that, my life would have completely changed. But I didn't do that because even though I was positive, even though I had these things, I always wanted to impress people because I felt that I wasn't good enough or all these things, man. But ironically, when I moved to Las Vegas, 
that changed everything for me. And I really became, we spent some time in Las Vegas. Yes. And I threw your son's 21st birthday, right? Yes. Dude, that was awesome. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> that was an awesome. I wish you were there, man. That was so cool. I always tell people about that. It was the funniest thing, especially when you told me, oh, he's such a good kid. They're just dancing, having fun. And then you say, well, they drank one bottle. And like at midnight, you text me, hey, I'm cutting them off <laughs> too much. <laughs> Dude, I mean, who funny. can say, who can say that you're 20? He could say that for the rest of his life, man. That for You know, the height is not there anymore. Yes, I know. They put some, something else, but that kid can say for the rest of his life yes. that I have my 21st birthday in, uh, in Las Vegas, dude, at the Bellagio. Yeah, it was great, and thank you. No, that was super cool. You know what? I'm so glad. I, you know, we spent, now I know it's six years, but seeing you coming in, like you told me that you had slept in the car, and then transitioning and you're doing movies and all of that, but now seeing you that you got, you're doing great things, that you're married, you have a kid on the way, you have a daughter, I'm so happy for you, honestly. Thank cool you, dude. to see you like this. You seem much more at peace with yourself, much more happy, so it's wonderful. You were always happy. I don't think you're a sad person. You're I old. never, I always had the positive gene. Yes. But instead of me being myself, it was like, okay, what am I going to do? What's the next thing? Because the acting thing, even... I think you can fall into that, though. I think, I think being in Hollywood, you know, you, you can easily fall into that. And I think... But you were smart enough to figure it out, and hey. I knew it was this. I knew it was something. See, because social media wasn't around back then. So I knew it was something, a platform where you could be yourself and it go. And if it works, great. And if it doesn't, it's okay. And dude, look. I want to show you something. Hold on. So I'm the first influencer to sign with Rawlings. Wow. So I have my own glove with my logo on it. Wow. You Beautiful. see that? That's and they cool. have a... Dude, and they have my, my own model and stuff like that. So when things get back going, I'm going to send you one. We're going to do a customized photos one. Raul, right. before we go, any question for me, man? Anything? No. I'm just so glad to see you and uh, to see that you're doing great. I'm really happy. You're a wonderful person, and we shared six years, great years, for you and for me both. Dude, at some time in Vegas. I, well, I, I remember you coming in and telling me all the things you were doing, the shows you were on, and some other things we can't talk about, but <laughs> it was great. <laughs> oh, yeah, don't go. Hold on. Let me end the thing, but don't go. Don't go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.